Welcome to Jeremiah Smith Ministries, a place where you can grow in God's Word. Well, we are live. How are you doing today? Are you doing good? Well, I'm so glad I get to be with you today. I'm Jeremiah Smith, and we're going to get into the Bible and get into God's teaching today, into His Word, and I'm so glad I get to be with you today. Have you had a good week? Are things going good for you? Well, I hope things are going good for you, and I'm so glad that we get to have this precious time together today. You know, I, I believe God wants to teach us some things, I believe, through His Holy Spirit today, and I believe that we're going to get some wonderful th- truths from Him today. Do you believe that? I believe it, and I believe that uh, God's always got something good for us all the time. I believe in the, even in the middle of the week, He's spreading a table here for us, and He's got some wonderful things in store for you this week, you know? Not not just the, your neighbor, not just the, another person. No, he wants to touch you right there where you're at. Do you believe that today? I, I believe it, and I believe he wants to do something for you. And we got to be expecting it. You know, when we come to church, we should be expecting God to do some things. When we when we go to hear a teacher or a minister, you know, we should be expecting and, and expecting God to speak through them, through the fivefold ministry. And I believe that, you know, you come expecting, I believe the Holy Spirit will minister to you right there where you're at today. Do you, do you believe that today? I believe that. And, you know, you can catch us live every Wednesday and Sunday. We're here on uh, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central Time. And, uh, of course, if you're here, you know that. And uh, we're a little bit late today. Unfortunately, the computer was going a little slow today. But uh, you can catch us live at 6 p.m. Central Time on uh, Wednesdays. And then on uh, on uh, Sundays, you can catch us live at 4 p.m. Central Time. And, uh, you know, you can come in and just, you know, after I get done, I also, if you have a prayer request or a praise report, I'll be checking the chat on YouTube and on Podbeam. And uh, you're welcome to spend a little time with me there if you'd like to. If you have a question, you have a prayer request, or you have a praise report, we'd love to see your praise report. We just, uh, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful blessing to see your praise reports there as well. But uh, you can catch us live at those times on Podbeam and on YouTube there if you'd like to see us live. Now, if you can't catch us live, no big deal. You can listen to the rebroadcast on audio on Spotify, Google Music, iTunes, Listen Notes, Podbeam, TuneIn off Alexia, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Deezer, uh, Pandora, Amazon Music, Verbal. You can catch us on uh, Audio Junkie, iBox. Uh, you can catch us on several different places there. And, of course, you can also catch us on YouTube, on the YouTube channel there, uh, if you want to watch the streaming video. And there's lots of other videos there you can watch, too. I believe there's over 100-something videos there on YouTube if you'd like to watch that, well, another uh, podcast on a different subject as well there and grow spiritually. Uh, but uh, you, on uh, Pod uh, Podbeam, we have... Uh, Nearly, I believe, nearly 300 podcasts on uh, Podbean uh, that you can check and go back on, look at the archives and listen to messages there on just about uh, any kind of spiritual growth subject you can think of almost there. And uh, you feel free to check into those things there. We're a free ministry and a blessing to you. So you feel free to check those things and let them minister to you there. Of course, and if you'd like to give, you can give. You can go to Podbean there if you'd like and hit the giving tab and give if you'd like to on Patreon or you can give at uh, PayPal if you'd like to a one-time gift uh you know there's no pressure to give here we're here to be a blessing to you but if you'd like to give i believe you can't out give god luke 638 says give and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down shaken together and running over shall men given to your bosom that's god's way of doing things and uh you know i was telling my son the other day we were at church you know and 
we had a church there and uh, he he was giving us and don't let a bucket go past you by make sure you're putting something in every bucket you know uh, so that uh, you know it comes back to you good measure pressed down shaking together running over you know a good farmer knows this you know if he wants a crop to come you know in the springtime he starts planting and then he wants to make sure he has a harvest, make sure he has the food that he needs for his family. And so that's important that you do that, make sure that you're given. Of course, Sunday, you know, we'll be celebrating Easter. I plan to have a, a communion Sunday message there for you. Uh, and uh, also communion. So you might want to get you some crackers or some juice or even water is fine. You know, just something to do communion with there. And uh, we're going to do communion on Sunday. It'll be the plan there for Sunday. And uh, we'll do a good resurrection service and celebrating our our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, risen, rising from the dead. And it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. So you spend some time with us there. We'll try to do a few special things uh, for Easter there, if you want to catch that service. And of course, we're going to be teaching today, of course, on uh, the authority of the believer there, or the believer's authority. Uh, we're into our fifth message here. I've taught on this about, oh, about two years ago, and I'm getting back into it today because I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about this again. And uh, we're going to get into this today of uh, the authority believer. Well, we don't want to start it without prayer, so we're going to prayer and have prayer. Grab your Bible. Get your tablet, get your phone. Lots of people use their phones, your tablet, get whatever you need there to read your Bible on. And uh, we'll just have some fellowship with the Lord today and minister. Let him minister to us today. You know, and if you have somebody nearby, bring them in. Let's, uh, let them enjoy the word and get saturated in the word today. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your mercy, Father. You've been too good to us, and we just thank you, Father, for taking care of all of our needs and taking care of those today that are hurting, Father. There's people hurting right now, Father. We ask for total healing of their hearts, and, and whatever the issues are, Father, we ask that you help them to be ministered to right now in Jesus' name by your power and authority of your spirit right now in Jesus' name, Father. And we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our helper and our teacher today. We ask that you help that one that's needing help with situations. And you can work it out more than a million ways, Father. We just ask that you help them to have that worked out for them and help them know exactly what to do. Show them the pathway to take, Father, we ask. And, and Father, we ask that one that's needing healing. We ask for total healing for that person right now. And we agree for it. The Bible says if we agree concerning anything that we shall ask, to be done and we agree for total healing for that one that's needing healing today and father we just ask for wisdom for that one that's needing wisdom day you said you give it to us liberally in the first chapter of james and father we ask for a, li a liberal wisdom father to the person that's needing that wisdom today and father we just thank you father for it and we just ask father as we get into this message that you flood us with light help us to see some stuff we've never seen before minister to us by your holy spirit today Oh, we only come for you today, Father, and we just ask for it in Jesus' name. And we, before we go, we want to we want to glorify you, lift you up today, Father, build you up today, make you bigger in our lives. And we just thank you, Father, for being so good to us, taking care of our families, taking care of us throughout this day. Thank you for giving us another day, giving us more breath in our bodies today, Father, more grace to fulfill your purpose today. We thank you for giving us everything we need in this life, Father. And we just thank you, Father, for all of our needs being met. We thank you for us being able to do, getting to serve you another day today. And we thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Are you ready? Well, let's get into the word today. And uh, we, we've been starting out in Matthew, the eighth chapter. Let's go over to Matthew eight. And we, this is part five. 
And uh, we've been talking about the believer's authority, and this is part five of that. Let's get into that. Matthew, the eighth chapter, the fifth verse, it says it like this. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth homesick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And we pointed this out, you know, that, you know, he, he was coming on behalf of someone else to Jesus, you know. Have you been coming to some, on behalf of someone else for Jesus? Or are you always coming to Jesus about yourself? You know, I think that's pretty neat here that he's coming on behalf of someone else. You know, are you praying for other people? Are you caring about other people? You know, even he talks about prayer. We should pray for our leaders first. Are you praying for them or just yourself all the time? You know, I, I think he's got some good things going on here in this, you know, caring about other people's needs and, and going all the way to Jesus to make sure, you know, that he, he on his behalf, you know, have you, have you got, you know, you tell people to pray for you, you know, do they really pray for you? Do they really grab the altar and pray for you? You know, are you really doing that when you tell somebody, you know, that you're going to pray for them? Do you really pray for them? Think about that today. You know, you want to be the one that stands in the gap. You want to be the one, when you say, I'm going to pray for somebody, you want to take the time, not just, amen, I believe it, amen. No, take a little time and pray for them and pray for their needs and pray for some good things in their lives, you know. And that's what this guy was doing here, the centurion. He was beseeching Jesus. And now listen to what he says here. He, he went to Capriam there. He came unto a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth home is sick of the palsy, grievously, tor grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And we pointed this out too, that he, you know, he didn't sit there and go, I don't know. <laughs> I don't care about his situation. I don't care. It's not that big a deal. No, he said right away, he said, I will come and heal him. You know, in your situation, Whatever you're dealing with today, he's not going, I don't know if I can help you. I, I'm not sure, you know. No. He says, I, I will come and heal him. He's, in your situation, he's saying, I will come and help you. Isn't that the way the, the Savior Jesus is? He's not sitting there looking the other way. No, he cares about your situations. And we pointed that out today. He cares about our stuff. He cares about we need healing. He cares about you having the things that you need. He's a good, good Savior, right? And uh, so we talked about that in the eighth verse. It says, And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. He says, For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth. And to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. Think about that. You know, if you're in the military, you understand. And this man obviously was has some military experience there. And you think about it in the military, if you tell someone to do it, they do it. You know, it could mean lives are on the line. So they have a very good understanding that they have to flow with authority, you know, work together, you know. And the body of Christ is even called to do that. You know, we're supposed to, the Bible says, we're supposed to think of, have the, of this, be of the same mind, of the same accord, flowing together. Think about that today. And that's what he understood there. He understood authority. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled. Don't you want to make you marvel today? We said also, you know, that this, it's very rare that you see in the scripture where he says he marveled. But this man got his attention. He made him marvel. And he said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. 
That's what I want said about me. I don't know about you. That's what I want him to say about me. I haven't found such great faith there in Edmond, Oklahoma, <laughs> right? I haven't found such great faith in Oklahoma, you know, your situation. You know, I, I haven't ground, found such great faith in Germany, or I haven't found such great faith in Israel. I haven't found such great faith in South Africa, wherever you're at, at out there, you know, or Maine or uh, New York or California. I haven't found such great, that's what I want him to say about me. I don't know about you, but that's what I want him to say about me. And he said, and he said here, I say unto you that many shall come from the East and the West and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and of the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way. And as thou hast believed, Notice there, you know, he says is what he believed. He, he didn't say it was because I did a miracle. No, he, he, he went back to what he believed, didn't he, there? And then the scripture says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Notice it has to do with the person praying. And he has to do with the centurion believing, you know, that he got his the, the healing that he came for there. Isn't that powerful to think about? And notice it's also for someone else, right? He understood authority. So be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in that self same hour. Wow. This must have been strong faith because he understood authority. His servant was healed that self same hour. We also pointed out, you know, that this was not even a person, you know, that was within the household of God. This is a centurion, an outsider, you know. Think about that today, you know. He was somebody on the outside, and God, he attributed his faith to getting him healed. You know, God still heals people that aren't saved today, <laughs> right? He still cares about people that aren't born again today. He may use it to get them saved, you know, but he cares about people and he loves people. He said he gave his only begotten son for the, he said he gave him for the world is what the Bible talks about. Not just for the, the, the you know, somebody that gets, he cares about everybody, not somebody just particular. He cares about the whole world, right? Think about that, you know. He cares about not just you, not just your neighbor. He cares about the whole world, and he wants as many people to get saved as he possibly can, right? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do you believe in him today? Did you get your everlasting life? Well, that's what he wants for you. He wants you to be saved today. He cares about everybody. So we made the point that if Jesus calls us great faith, we need to understand more about authority. You know, if we want to have some great faith and we, we got to have it. He says, he's not happy if we don't have faith. Hebrews 11 says it doesn't please him. If we don't have faith, then we better understand authority. If we want this faith to work in our lives, we got to understand authority. And we've been talking about authority for some weeks here. You know, that we we've gotten here now into the fifth message and we've been talking about it for a while. But, you know, I want to be a person he attributes great faith to. I don't know about you, but that's what I want him to say about Jeremiah, you know. I've had some great faith adventures with him, <laughs> right? You know, and they weren't without their challenges, but it's also some great stories that I have to tell because of the faith that he's given me to do the things that I need to do, right? Then, you know, he wants to have some great faith adventures with you. And you want to have some great faith to do those great adventures, right? And so we talked about, as a recap last week, you know, we talked about the lease on this planet. We talked about Jesus coming to the earth the legal way. You know, he didn't do like the like the devil did. It talks about there in the scripture how he, he came in the illegal way. He came up some other way, not through the gate, 
you know, he came in, he didn't use a physical body. He used a snake's body to come into the garden of Eden, you know, and to be on this earth, you know, you're supposed to have a body, but he was an alien sneaking in another way, trying to do something, you know, devious, you know, and that's exactly what he did. But uh, Jesus came in the legal way. He came in through a body and he, he came from a different a line, a different inherit, you know, race. Of, you know, he came in through a different bloodline when he came into the earth. You think about that today. He he had a totally different bloodline, so he was able to come in and do some wonderful things to get our authority back. And that's what we're talking about here. We also talked about Jesus having authority when he received his body and became a man. And a good example of this is in John 5, 26, there he says, For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given the Son to have a life in himself. And he hath given himself authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Right? So he 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 had authority in heaven. And then when he came into the earth, he had authority here on earth as a man. Two different types of authority. One's more of a spiritual authority, and one is more of a physical authority. And he gave that authority back to us, and that's what we're getting to here. He came into the earth to get our authority back, which we lost through Adam, right? That's exactly what happened. Let me get a drink here. Through Adam. And he, you know, you think about that today. If Jesus didn't come into the earth... We wouldn't have authority. We wouldn't be able to tell the devil to get out of here. We just let him beat our brains out, right? No, because Jesus went to the cross and he went and got our authority, came and got the keys to death, hell, and the grave, which we're going to get more into. He said, I've been given power of heaven and I've been given power on earth, is what he told us. Notice two different types of power, two different types of authority that he had to come he had to come back and get the authority back on earth for us two different types of authority he already had authority in heaven you know but he gave authority to adam here on earth and he had to go and get it back for adam so let's look here again here at the scriptures here and the 28th verse of that which we were reading there we just read the 27th verse says marvel not at this for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice talking about the rapture there we're going to get into that too. It's maybe you can get into that on Sunday. That'd be really good to get into that on Sunday. That'd be talking about his resurrection, talking about the, our resurrection. That'd be wonderful to talk about, but uh, we may get into that then. But we talked about him doing nothing in the earth as far as miracles or signs or wonders until he was 30 years of age. Did you notice that? We don't have any record of him healing anybody. We don't have any record of, you know, a demon getting cast out. We don't have any record of him stopping a storm. We don't have any record of him, you know, healing a blind person. We don't have any record of him healing anybody until he was 30 years of age. And notice that he didn't do that until he got the ability to do that. You know, he had the authority, but he also had to have the ability. So you, if you have the authority, you still have to have the ability. Very important. It's kind of like you, like I said before, it's kind of like you're putting on that jacket. You know, a policeman, you know, we know who he is because he puts on the jacket, you know, and we say, oh, there he is. That's the policeman. He's got the badge on, and we know who he is. It says police on the back sometimes, you know, but we know who he is because of the coat. We know who a fireman is. You know, I can recognize that fire coat far off, you know, and that fire helmet they put on, the safety gear they put on. You know, we know who they are. And, we know if a fireman goes out there and stops traffic, he can do the same thing, you know, because he's trying to make sure everybody's safe, you know. 
we recognize those types of authority, you know, and we need to have our authority, our code on as well, our ability that God's given us. One's about the spirit of the Lord coming on the inside of you when you get saved. Then, of course, he said, go and wait and tarry until you got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them to do this. He said, go and wait in the, in the second chapter of Acts there for that what happened there in the second chapter of Acts. He said, go wait and tarry until it happens. And they're talking about the spirit of the Lord came upon them, it says there. And, you know, there's two different types of things going on. When you're getting saved, it comes on the inside of you. And when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, he comes on the top of you. And that's that's for someone else. You know, getting saved is more for you. But when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's more for someone else. You know, putting on that coat and having the ability to do things that you weren't able to do because of the Holy Ghost, right? Powerful to think about. Uh, last night I had a teaching on going about 24 hours, you know, about half the night, I guess, throughout the night there. And uh, we ran it throughout the night and we try to run it all day long there as much as we can around 24 hours. They probably play tonight there about praying in tongues, talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's a very important thing when it comes to you fulfilling what God has you to do on earth. You know, He gives you the ability to do it. You know, you're not supposed to do it on your own. You got to have his ability. So today we're going to be looking at Jesus and how he used his authority. You know, when he came and he used, he got the ability and he started using his authority, showed us what we can do with our authority here on the earth. We learned from him. He He's our example in everything. He taught us how to be led by the spirit. He taught us how to heal, you know, pray for healing for people. He showed us how to flow in authority. You know, he's our example. We got the four gospels showing us his example, you know, and you got four different people looking and watching. You get four different pictures of him doing what he did here on the earth. You know, you kind of get, you know, you look at the scriptures, you see Matthew, you know, and he's kind of gives you a perspective there from his perspective. And you see Luke kind of as a doctor's perspective there, kind of gives you a lot of details on Luke. If you read Luke, if you read Mark, it's more of a, you see Jesus almost like he's in Nikes because he's just going from here to here to there, here to there, you know, because the people of who they were talking to, you know, and then you got John, you know, and he has a totally different perspective, you know, and it's it's good to get all four perspectives. You know, if you were watching a movie today, you could watch it and you could see all these different perspectives if you brought your friends with you, you know, and they're going to see different things in that movie, you know. And we get to learn so much about Jesus from the four different Gospels and the four different perspectives of what was going on there, you know. So we're going to talk about that. Let's go to 1 John 3, 8 real quick. He says, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. I love that. Isn't that good? He came to destroy the works of the devil. You know, he he said if, he, if he'd known what he was doing, he wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. And I think he wouldn't have, because <laughs> he came to destroy the works of the devil. He he hates the sound of you quoting that scripture right there, because he came and he basically pulled the pants over, you know, the the devil there. He he destroyed the works of the devil. First John three eight in the Darby translation says it like this. He says, He that practices sin is of the devil from for from the beginning the devil sins to this end, the Son of God has been manifest that he might undo the works of of the devil. So he undid everything the devil did, you know, all the stuff that he tried to do on earth and all the stuff he wanted to make happen. You know, God, Jesus came and undid all of that. Now the works he is talking about here are the works of the devil, you know, done by taking Adam's authority. You know, he wasn't able to do anything until he took Adam's authority. And that's what he did in the earth, you know, and Jesus had to undo 
all that stuff. Now, the devil was very limited in the earth to use his authority and still is limited, by the way. He, you know, he can't just make you do something or he would have already killed you, right? He can't just make you do this, that, or the other, you know? And it's because he doesn't have a body. He is a spirit and he's an alien here on earth, right? But he can't make you do anything, you know? But he tries to influence people. He tries to cause people to do things, but he can't make you do anything. And for that matter, you know, the, the Holy Spirit's limited in your life because he can't make you do anything either. He's a spirit. He comes in when you're saved. He comes and lives on the inside of you, you know, but he doesn't make you do anything. We have to submit to the Holy Spirit, you know, in the way of the Holy Spirit to have the perfect will of God in our lives. And so it's important you know, that you realize, you know, that your body on earth has authority. And the authority that you flow with is the way that you go in your life. And listen to here, though, it says authority is still is limited because he does not have a body. This is why the devil is limited on earth, though, is because he doesn't have a body. This is why God is very limited to do a lot of things on the earth. You say, well, why can't he do things on the earth? Well, he's a spirit being, and you have to have a body to do the things on, we like to call it your earth suit, right, to do things on earth. And if you don't take care of your earth suit, you know, you're going to be out of here, and you're not able to do a lot of things here on this earth. You know, your earth suit has a lot to do with your authority here on earth. If you don't have your earth suit, you can't do anything. Think about that today. You know, if you're out of here, my dad just passed away just recently. Well, he can't do anything else here on this earth until, you know, he comes back and gets his earth suit on, you know, or he has his, his redeemed earth suit. <laughs> but he it's required to have the authority here on earth. Keep in mind, God's a spirit, and he has to have a body to do much in the earth either, you know, and that's why you have to be born again. You know, when you're born again, God's able to do more in the earth. He calls us his body. We're his body here on earth to accomplish the things that he wants to accomplish here on earth, you know. Think about that today. We have our authority because of the head, <laughs> right? And we've talked about that a little bit. And we're going to talk more about that as we talk about our authority more. But we have our body because the head is Jesus and we are his body. Now, when Jesus came to the earth, he received a body and he did many things in the earth. His main goal, though, was to get our authority back. He, he came here to get our authority back so we could do the things we need to do in the earth. But he showed us how to use our authority along the way. And let's look a little bit at how he showed us how to do that. Well, first of all, we're going to see right away he shows us how to deal with the devil, right? You know, he's going to be our, our major issue that we have to deal with here in this life. You know, he wouldn't have told us to resist the devil and him flee if there wasn't a reason that we need to know how to deal with our enemy. And he is our enemy. The Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't want anything good for you, you know. Whoever told you he wants something good for you is wrong. He doesn't want anything good for you. He's a fallen angel, and he wants to destroy you. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He took one-third of the angels with him, and he, he has nothing good in mind for you. That's why it's important you have authority here on this earth. And you tell him no, and you tell him what to do. He can't make you do anything, but he tries to influence people. And sometimes he'll influence people around you, you know, and you have to take authority in the situation, right? So you can fulfill what God's called you to do. Let's look at a good situation where Jesus dealt with the enemy here. Matthew, the fourth chapter, the temptation of Jesus. It's an interesting passage of scripture here. When you look at this and you look at the layout of what happened here, 
And, you know, some people see it a little different what I'm going to bring it out today, you know, but it's interesting how he dealt with the enemy here. Matthew, the fourth chapter, the first verse, he says, then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. So he's, he's making sure he's in place to deal with the enemy. He knows. You know, he even tells you in the scripture there that he comes to steal the word. Why would he come right away to steal the word? First thing, well, before it takes ground, before it gets to growing, when it's harder to, to stop it, he wants to stop anything. And sure enough, Jesus starts his ministry in about 30 years of age, and he wants to come stop this ministry right away, right? Before the train leaves the station, he wants to stop it. Maybe today you're trying to do something for God and you just started and you're already encountering challenges, <laughs> right? Hadn't even got the train, hadn't even left the station. Well, that tells you right away that, you know, the enemy's trying to stop it from leaving the station, of course, because once it gets going, it's much harder for him to stop. You know, think about that with your life. You know, you got born again. He tries to stop it right away, you know, because he doesn't want you growing spiritually and much harder to stop when you understand things like authority and you understand things about, you know, being led by the spirit and understand things about how he wants to prosper you and good things in your life. You know, he wants to stop it before it leaves the station. And you can understand that, you know, because he understands the word. He, you know, he, he was in heaven. He understand how God works and he wants to stop his seeds from growing and you're a seed in the earth as well, and he, he doesn't want you to fulfill your purpose. Now, we don't want to give a lot of glory to him. You know, he, he's the ultimate of losers. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't want to just lose once. He's, he, he's, he's losing over and over and over. You know, people getting saved, he loses them. You know, he got kicked out of heaven. You know, he's, he's going to be thrown in the pit. You know, he's going to, not just once. It looks like he's going to be thrown in the pit more than once. And you think about that today, you know, he, he he's the ultimate of losers, you know, and if you follow him, you're going to be a loser. You know, you want to follow God. He's a winner, right? He always triumphs. He always triumphs through Christ Jesus. If you're going with him, you know, you're a winner if you follow Jesus. Well, anyway, let's get back into this. The second verse says, when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hungered. And I get hungry too, you know. I don't know about you. If I hadn't eaten for a while, I get pretty hungry. He's waited forty days here, you know, forty days and forty nights. Man, I, I don't like to go a few hours without getting something, <laughs> right? So you can imagine he's very, very hungry. And when the uh, tempter came to him, he said, "If thou the Son of God command these stones to be made bread," but he answered and said, "It is written." Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a peninsula on the, on the of the temple there. And he saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee, and in their ha hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. You know, it's interesting. He, he likes to twist scriptures at you, especially when you're in your weakest. You know, he's in a weak place here. He hasn't eaten for some time. He's trying to focus on his attention on what the Holy Spirit's leading him to do, obviously. And he's trying to be, you know, make sure he has that focus. You know, sometimes I like to fast to have that focus or 
Uh, you know, and that doesn't mean you have to fast for 40 days and 40 nights like he did. You might fast a meal a day or you might fast all your meals that day and have liquid, you know, don't, we don't do things that are crazy. This is what he was led to do at this time. But, you know, when you fast, you, you do what you feel like you need to do at the time to, you know, maybe to make yourself become more spiritual where you're hearing God more, you know, but you're, you have everything you need on the inside. You're just doing this so that you can focus a little bit better. You know, but uh, this is what he was he was doing at the time, trying to focus on, you know, focus on the father and what he was saying through the Holy Spirit to him and keep his focus, you know, and how to deal with the enemy. That's interesting. You know, when you, you know, when you do this type of thing, I used to fast for a lot longer, you know, and it's almost like you you have to be careful after a while. You'll start seeing stuff because you (laughs) because you're so hungry, you know, and you have to use some common sense you know, when it comes to fasting, you know, but it, when he, he's talking to him though, and he's dealing with him when he's weak, you know, he, he, he may not have had a lot of protein and he may not have been able to easily get him, you know, get rid of him and his life at that time. Think about that. You know, body has physical needs. You have to make sure you're maintaining your body and taking care of your physical needs. And Jesus was, he was a hundred percent man, a hundred percent God. And he had physical needs at this time. He's trying to take advantage of him during his physical needs. And he's quoting scripture at him. And the seventh verse, says, Jesus said unto him, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up to into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. But, you know, this was nothing to him. You know, he you're talking about the king of kings, right? You know, and this was not a temptation for him, but he was weak and he's trying to, to appeal to his weakness at this time, you know, but listen to how he deals with him. And this is how we should deal with him. You don't get into a word fight and battle back and forth with him, like with scriptures and everything like that. You don't need to go through all that. He's just going to quote them back to you because he knows the Bible and you can just go back and forth, back and forth. He'll take them out of context and Try, you know, kind of cause issues for you, but you can stop all that when you understand authority. The ninth verse says, I say it unto him, all things will I give thee if thou shalt fall down and worship me. But notice what he said, though, here in the 10th verse. He says, then G, and then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence. He took authority over him. He'd had enough. And, you know, we shouldn't let him just go on and on and on and on in our lives either. And that's what he did. He, he was going on for some time and he said, get thee hence, you know, I told the story the other week, you know, about brother Hagen, you know, talking about how he was trying to listen to Jesus, you know, and he had a vision and he was trying to listen to Jesus, Jesus giving him some wonderful truths and about God's words that he had questioned about, you know, and he's trying to hear Jesus. And there was a sound, this, this real weird sound going eek or something like that just a real hard making it hard for him to hear what jesus was saying in this vision you know and then he saw that there was like a monkey going up and down and all these things but he couldn't hear jesus you know and finally he gets upset he's he's so frustrated he can't hear jesus he says get out of here and he got out of there you know but why did we, did he put up with him for so long? And Jesus said to him, you know, he said this to him and he said, it just blew his theology. He said to him, he said, if you hadn't have done that, I couldn't have. Think about that today. You know, if you're sitting there and you're getting all this mess from the enemy and he's saying all kinds of stuff into your ear, you know, some of you, you know, he'll say stuff like you're a loser and you're not going to ever achieve this. And, 
and there's no way you're going to make it out of this, you know. Why do you sit there and listen to it and sit there and over and over let him repeat it? You'll be surprised if you'll just resist him. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. If you'll, if you'll just resist him, he'll take off. But so many times we'll sit there and listen and listen and listen, you know, and he's trying to put seed in you. He's trying to get you to have seed of doubt and unbelief. He's trying to feed you with the wrong stuff, but you got to resist him. That's exactly what Jesus did here. He was feeding him the wrong stuff, trying to put the wrong thoughts in his mind, trying to get him to go the wrong direction, you know, and he wasn't going to have it. He said, get thee hence. Is that how we're supposed to handle the enemy when he comes? We're supposed to say, get the out of here. Get on with your things. Get out of here. Stop messing with me, right? That's what we're supposed to do. You know, if Adam had done this, we wouldn't even have had the fall. He, if he'd said, get out of here, and he'd taken care of the garden like he was supposed to, we wouldn't even have had the fall. But that's our job. We're supposed to maintain, you know, take care of our families, take care of our thought lives, and tell the enemy, get thee. Hence, just like Jesus told him right there, he said, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. Then the devil leaveth. <laughs> he didn't say nothing else, did he? Shut his mouth, and he leaveth. <laughs> I like how the King James puts it there. He leaveth. You know, do you want him to leaveth in your situation? Do you want him to leaveth bothering you all night? You know, you sitting there listening to him all night long, you know, do you want him to leaveth? <laughs> Well, you've got to tell him to get out of here, you know, and sometimes we think it's just our thoughts, but if it's not good, it's not from God. And if it's, a, if it's something causing you more doubt and unbelief and not encouraging you, you know, that's not God. And so you need to have him leaveth, resist the enemy, right? Then the devil leaveth him and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. Notice here, the quoting scriptures to the devil wasn't the what made the devil leave. What made him leave was he told him to leave it, right? The devil knows the Bible too. He's been around for a long time, had he? You know, we, we, can, we can trace his history. He's been around for a long time. And he's seen decade after decade, you know, all how, man's, how the man works. And he's, he's seen the Bible put together even, you know. And he, he's seen God's word going into the earth. He knows it. You know, he knows. Matter of fact, the demons even know. They said, we were talking about, they understand there's a lease on the planet. You know, they says, is this our time? You know, you, why are you tormenting us before the time? They know, you know, so it's important. You just tell them to shut up and get out of here. Is that right? Well, that's what we need to do. He had to use his authority to run the devil off. Let's look at Matthew, the fourth chapter, the 10th verse. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. And it says that, then Jesus saith unto him, be gone, Satan. And he has an exclamation point there. You know, and it's important that you tell him to be gone in your circumstances. Be gone with feeding me this stuff that's not true. Well, the truth is God's word. You're more than a conqueror. The truth is you're going to be all right. God's going to help you. God's going to give you favor. God's going to work out your situations. He's always going to be true to you if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit and what he's saying to you through God's word, right? For it has been written that thou shalt worship the Lord God and him alone shall you serve. The Wycliffe Bible says it like this. Then Jesus said to him, go, Satan. He said, go. <laughs> and, you know, the shorter the better, and we don't need to give him any glory, right? We just need to deal with him and go on and give God all the glory, and be good to God all the time, right? God's taking care of the, our devil. Our God's taking care of the devil. God's taking care of all that stuff. We just need to worship him 
and honor him with our day and not even give the devil the time or the place. Isn't that right? That's what we need to be doing, praise the Lord. So we don't need to be going back and forth with the devil. You know, and I don't know who I'm talking to, but maybe somebody's listening to me. You don't need to be going back and forth with him. <laughs> don't encourage him to doubt. Don't encourage your doubt. Don't encourage a situation that's going to cause strife. You know, just tell him to get out. That's what Jesus was showing us here. And we could be doing that all night long. You know, we could be telling the enemy to go, go and tell him to get out of the situation. Well, what else did Jesus teach us with his authority? Let's look at this real quick here. He taught with authority and powers how he did things on the earth. He taught with authority and power. He, his teaching had authority and power with it. You know, they, people knew when Jesus came to town and when he ministered, you know, he taught with authority and power. Let's look at that. Luke, the fourth chapter, the 31st verse, it says it like this. And it came down to Capernaum, the city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power. It wasn't just word. He wasn't just having a book club. There was power there, right? Think about that today, you know. You know, I was watching a show the other night, the other night as a comedy, and they were talking about their book club, you know, and they were having fun with a book club. But, you know, this wasn't a book club. This was a word club. And this was a, he was teaching God's word, and there was power and signs with it. And that's always what follows his word. If you're teaching his word, there should be authority and power with his word, right? It, it doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be you doing something. His word has power in itself. Luke, the fourth chapter, the third, two, second verse in the Amplified says it like this. It says, they were surprised, almost overwhelmed at his teaching because his message was given with authority and power and great ability. There's great ability with his word. There's great power in God's word. It's so powerful, you know, that you think about it today, you know, you may have been told when you're little and you still remember what you've been told when you were little. You know, when a challenge comes, you still remember because it's so powerful in your life, you know. You can, you can trace back to the times and he still talks to you about what you've been taught when you were young. You know, if, if your parents raised you right, you still remember them teaching you the things that he put in your life. You know, I remember a story Jerry Seville talked about one time. He, he went to a, a person's house, you know, and it was actually a family member and he just went to visit them, you know, and they weren't saved, you know, and he said, before I leave, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And he said, well, you know, he acted like he didn't want to hear it, you know, but he said, before I leave, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. It says, and one day you're going to be just like me. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be like you. He said, well, one day you're going to be just like me, you know. And so he teach, he tells him about the word, and he takes him through it and through the whole process. He doesn't want anything to do with God. He doesn't want anything to do with him, you know. He, he doesn't want to even want to hear it, you know, and he's leaving, you know. And he said, and he starts to leave, and he, and he told him, he said, one day you're going to be like me, you know. And he starts to pull out and. He's driving away and he says, I don't want to be like you, you know, and he's pulling out his car, you know, and he said, it's too late. <laughs> he said, you've been all right if I hadn't come here and I hadn't told you about the word. I hadn't told you what Jesus had done. You know, you've been okay, but, he, but I've already told you. So one day you're going to be like me and he's driving away, you know, in his car, pulling out of, the, of his house, you know, and, the, and he's still saying to him, even when he's leaving, he's, I don't want to be like you, you know. Well, that guy ended up being in his ministry. He ended up getting saved and started working for Jerry Seville Ministries, his family member. Why? Because the word works. The word always works in your life, you know, and it never returns void. 
in your life you know i mean i can i can remember all you know from years and years ago when the lord was speaking through me through ministers his word doesn't return void in your life even when i was young praise the lord and some of you know what i'm talking about you know he he, he, he when he speaks something to you you never forget it all your life it's amazing i can trace back to the time i was even called to be a minister you know into a church i can remember where i was when it happened <laughs> you know because his word works and you never it never returns void are our ministers today ministering with authority and power how do we know this how do we know if they're if someone's ministering with authority and power you know how do you know if your pastor's ministering with authority and power how do you know you know well we know through the word let's look at that real quick you check first of all the fruit what's the fruit that's coming out of that ministry if a minister is anointed he should be getting results from the power on his life, the anointing on his life. Isaiah 10, 27 tells us that it says, and it shall come to pass in that day that it, his burden shall be taken off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Our burdens be removed when you go to church and when you're listening to ministers or yokes being destroyed, is God speaking to you through that minister? Think about that today. Are you changed when you go to the service? What is a yoke? Well, a yoke is a, it's a wooden cross piece fastened over the necks of two animals and attached to a plow or a cart they used back in Bible times. A yoke allows two animals to share a load and pull together. Yokes were used in the Bible times primarily with bulls and oxen to plow fields and, and pull wagons. The animals yoked together needed to be close in size and wait for the cart to plow and, and pull evenly. That's powerful to think about. You know, this was not something, you know, this was something that was hard for them to move. You know, they didn't have a machine, you know, to plow with at that time. You know, and it was, I'm sure, quite a burden for these animals to pull these things, you know, a yoke, you know. And maybe today you're pulling a load you shouldn't be pulling today. You know, when you go to church, are you freed from that? Is God helping you? Is he, is he setting you at liberty when you're there, you know? There should be some fruit from that anointing when you're going to church. Are you being freed from the things you're carrying when you go to church? Are, you, are your burdens being removed? What is a burden? Well, you know, I, I looked it up in the Webster's just, just for fun. <laughs> well, a burden is something that is carried, something oppressive and worrisome, and the bearing of a load, you know. Are you getting free of the things that are that are worrisome to you when you go to church? Well, that's a good sign that your your pastor, your teacher is authority and power with God's word. There should be anointing there removing burdens and your yokes. Is God's anointing touching you at your services? This is a tell sign that the minister has has the has the anointing for the office that he's called to. You know, another thing you can check. Well, you can check if the minister should, you know, if if he's if he's being overran in a service. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, if he's being overrun, well, he probably isn't teaching authority and power, right? Look at this here, 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, the 31st verse, it says, For in this way you can all prophesy one by one, so that everyone may be instructed and everyone may be encouraged, for the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. The prophecy is under the speaker's control, and, and he can stop speaking. For God, who is in the source of their, of their prophecy, is not a God of confusion and disorder, but a God of peace and order. Is he keeping 
peace and order in the church. That's is somebody that's ministering under authority and power. You know, they're keeping orderness in the church. You know, you can have prophecy, you can have teachers, you can have all these things, but they're supposed to, God's not a God of confusion. He's a God of, of order. He wants order in the church, you know, not being ran over the minister that's teaching with authority and power. Well, you know, what else did Jesus teach us, you know, with his authority and power? We just took a little side journey there. We'll just go over one more scripture here or two. Let's look here real quick. Luke, the fourth chapter, the 31st verse, he said it like this. He says, in the synagogue, there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know that thou, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the mist, he came out of him and hurt him not. Notice he didn't hold a conversation with him, and he didn't let him talk long, you know. I've had some interesting experiences, you know, I'll never forget being in a, a prayer service one time, you know, and I'll never forget uh, when we were in there, this person said that they, they were, came to us. It was actually a prayer group that we had and they came in there, you know, and, and uh, they just went back and forth. They said they had a devil and they went back and forth. They're praying for him, praying for him, you know, well, you know, something's wrong. You know, if somebody didn't take authority over the situation and the enemy leaves, somebody's either playing games or, or, you know, or, or, or somebody that isn't taking authority in the situation, you know, we should tell him to get out of there in Jesus name. He knows authority. He's going to do what he's told. So we don't need to be playing with it over and over and over. And we need to have a sense of the Holy spirit. I've had, I remember one time I was dealing with a gentleman who came to the front of the church, you know, and he came to the front of the church and we went back and forth and he was more convinced that he had a, a, a devil than, <laughs> than I believe he even had one, you know? And it's like, he has to, you need to understand authority. When you say, get out, he's gone, you know? And if he doesn't want him, he's gone, you know? But you have to take authority over the enemy. Praise the Lord. You know, don't give him place, you know? Don't let him. I, I was, I'll never forget one time I was in the uh, Salvation Army. I'll never forget. I was down there ministering and I was ministering to this lady and I'll never forget to, I prayed for it, told the enemy to get out, you know, because she had a, had a devil. And I, I said, devil, get out. And the lady flew up in the air and went onto the ground. She was actually, uh, she was pregnant. So I was like, oh, dear Lord. And she flew onto the ground and she was free. I ended up talking to her after the service, you know, and we were talking about a good Christian book when we got done. And she, she was right in her mind when we got done, you know, but she got free. And that's how it should be, you know. The enemy will leave as soon as you tell him to go when you understand your authority. Luke, the fourth chapter, the 34th verse there, and we're going to read out the complete Jewish Bible there. It says, Yea, what do you want with us, Yeshua from Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who thou art, the Holy One of God. But Yeshua rebuked him, Be quiet and come out of him. <laughs> Another example of how he dealt with the devil, right? So should we have conversations with demonic spirits? Well, Jesus didn't. He didn't have conversations with them. You know, he just told them to be quiet and come out. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, you know, let's look here at one more example of him using his authority. He took authority over the weather. <laughs> with his authority, he could even change the weather. They, it was it would even shock the disciples. They're like, man, he even speaks to the weather. <laughs> but he did with his authority. And he stopped weather situations. I was listening to somebody just, uh, oh, actually, I was listening to Ken Copeland earlier today. And he was talking about how there were tornadoes all around a certain area where he was ministering. 
and they rebuked those tornadoes and they didn't even get any rain hardly on a tent meeting they were having and they were making sure that that it was protected using their authority making sure tornadoes weren't going to hinder anybody during that meeting you know because the enemy doesn't want you to have a meeting he doesn't want you doing things for the father you know but uh, he was taking authority over it you know you don't have to let authority just let a tornado come run your house over you can take authority over it in the name of Jesus. Let's look here, Mark, the fourth chapter, the 36th verse. It says, And when they had sent away the multitude, they came, uh, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and there was also with him other little ships. And there rose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. The 38th verse says, And he was in the hinder part of the ship, and asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind. No, see, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything to them, but he rebuked the wind. And he said unto the sea, "Be still, peace be still." And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Now, there's many things we can say about this, you know. But uh, let's read the fortieth verse. And he said, "said unto them, Why art thou so fearful?" He says, "How is it that ye have no faith?" Now you think about it, you know. He's he's laying in the ship, you know, and these these gentlemen, he he's he he rebukes them because they've had time with Jesus. They understood how faith works. They've been watching him do stuff for some time, and he and he rebukes them and he says, "Where's your faith?" And he's 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 been teaching them all along the way. Think about that today, you know. And you in our situations, you know, and you've got stuff coming against you and challenges come against you, you know. Maybe today he's saying to you, where's your faith? You know, have some faith in him. You know, he's not going to come do it all for you because he's given you authority over it. And maybe he's saying to you, where's your faith at? You know, asking you where your faith level is today, you know, and where is it? Can you ask yourself an honest question? Where is my faith today? You know, are you taking authority over your circumstances? Are you taking over? He took authority over the wind and the sea. But what's blowing in your ears and what's what challenges are coming your way? Are you taking authority over it in the name of Jesus? You know, we can take authority over these situations, and he's showing us how to do that, speaking to it. Be calm, be peaceful, be still, speaking the right things to those things. You know, that's calling things, be not as though they were. You know, it wasn't peaceful, but he called for peace. Think about that today, you know. He said, "He says, be calm. Be, he says, be peaceful there. He says, and he's told it to, you know, the wind ceased and it was a great calm. And, you know, you think about that today. He caused, he called it what it wasn't, you know, and that's what you need to be calling for, peace in your situation, calling for joy in your situation, calling for the right things in your situation so that it makes it helps you to get to the other side of your circumstances. They're in the boat and they're trying to get to the other side. You know, but you need to be using your faith. He's checking on your faith where you're at today. You know, where's your faith at today? You know, we need to ask ourselves that honestly today. And what do we need to do to have more faith in a circumstance? Maybe we need to get into his word a little more, spend a little more time with Jesus so that we can come out the other side the way that we need to be coming out. Do you believe that today? Well, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your mercy today. You've been so good to us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit today, Father. We ask that you minister your saints today, Father. 
Minister to them right there where they're at today, whatever they're doing today. We ask that you minister to them, Father. Father, we speak peace to them, Father. We speak joy to them, Father, right now in Jesus' name. We ask for every burden to be removed, every yoke to be destroyed right now in Jesus' name. And, Father, we just ask that you help us, Father, to understand more about authority so we can take authority over our circumstances for you in Jesus' name. We just ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you don't if you don't know Jesus today, you need to know Jesus. You know, I don't like to leave a podcast without giving somebody a chance to know Jesus today. You know, if you don't know my friend Jesus, you need to know Jesus. He'll make your life better. He'll make it worth you getting up in the morning. He'll make you he'll make you have some purpose with your life. You need to know him. So let's pray this prayer today. If you'd like to know Jesus, just pray this with me today. We're going to be reading out of, we're going to be going along with Romans, the 10th chapter, the 9th and 10th verse. And you just repeat this after me. If you'd like to be saved today and just believe it with all your heart today. Well, the Bible says if we confess the Lord Jesus and believe God has risen from the dead, believe that he's risen from the dead, Jesus risen from the dead, you shall be saved. We'll be celebrating that this Sunday too there. So just be praying, pray this with me if you'd like salvation in your life today. Father, I just believe that you've risen Jesus from the dead. And Father, I confess Jesus as Lord of my life right now. Jesus be Lord of my life right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you pray that prayer with me right then, you know you are saved. Praise the Lord. And welcome to the family of God. I'm so glad that you're in the family with us. And if you'd like to, you can email me at Jeremiah S. Ministries. Let me know about your wonderful praise report or let me know in the comments. I'm going to check the comments here in just a moment there. I'd love to see it, your praise report there. If you have a question or you want prayer for something, we're going to be in the comments here in just a moment. I'll spend a little time in there. But uh, we love you. If you would, write down the time of the date so you don't forget when you got saved today. So for yourself, write that down and put it somewhere where you will never forget it. And so that you can always go back and say, yeah, I got saved that time and that date today. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So I'm glad I got to spend time with you. We love you. I'm going to go to the chat now. God bless you. I hope that you have a wonderful day. We'll see you Sunday. If you'd like to contact us for prayer, praise reports, or offerings, go to jeremiahsmithministries.podbean.com. Thank you for listening.